like to thank Tom Selman for dedicating today's shear, sponsoring today's shear in honor of me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so um, usually I start with the halacha part, and we go to the vort of the parsha. I want to do that. I want to do something different. I want to start with the vort. Go to the halacha. Go back to the vort because something will come at the end. I want to be able to hear the vort. The vort comes with a story. So uh, there's two layers to the story. First layer, not get, how I heard the story is a story, but I'm not going to get involved in that. But the story goes that the, the two tells Rosh Hashivas, Rebel and Bloch, and the cats, they had bought this property in, in Wycliffe, Ohio, or they were working on buying this property in Wycliffe, Ohio, moving out of the city out to this quite far out in those days area. It was farmland, there was an estate, whatever it was. And they were looking to, to have some help in you know, figuring out some ideas of fundraising to cover the cost of the purchase, etc. <clears throat> As they're sitting deliberating, Panamacharov walks in. Panamacharov was known to be one of the world's greatest fundraisers. Probably still is the world's greatest fundraiser. And um, so, ah, so they said, Panamacharov is here. He can help us figure out how to raise this money. So they asked Panamacharov for an idea. He says, A Telzer needs to hear from, from, from me how to raise money. The Blazer Telzer was the greatest fundraiser. He had learned under a blazer tells him. Blazer tells him was a blazer Gordon. It was the yeshiva who had started. He was the rabbi of tells. He started the yeshiva back in 1876. He actually he, he, he started. He moved in. He moved in a little bit after that. It was really it was a very small local yeshiva. He had expanded it to become make it into a much larger um, national international type of a body. So blazer tells him. He says it was a phenomenal fundraiser. Sponishov learned by Razor Blazer tells him, he says, So what how do I know that? So he said over the following story that it happened with with Blazer tells him. So there's an individual who's quite well well to do. This individual was not really supporting any type of institution, not really giving too much stuff at all, etc. And they're trying to find some way to convince him to give a little more. And nobody would had any success. Blazer tells him goes to him and he comes away with a tremendous donation donation. So what did he do? He comes in and he says, this week's Parsha, Parsha the Hukai side. And all the way to the end of the Parsha, the last mitzvah is the mitzvah Meister Behem. So every, all of the new animals, the, the newborn animals, the, 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 which are born in that year, there's a mitzvah to take off one step, to have them, bring them as a korban, bring them as a korban. But the Torah says that it has to be done in a certain process. You know, it's very easy. You know, I, I know I have 100 new animals. We're born this year, the large flock, 100 new animals. I take 10 and I bring a korban. That's not how you do it. You put them into a corral, you make a small opening, you take them out one by one, and you count. You have to actually count. One, two, three, four, nine, ten. The tenth one you mark with, a, they would use a stick with red paint at the end of it. They would mark it on the animal to keep track of it. And afterwards, they would gather those animals which had the marking, and they would bring them as a corpse. So he says, why do you have to do it like that? It's much easier just, you know, you have a hundred, pull out ten animals, and done, and done with it. So he says, so he answered the following answer. He said that a Kosh knows it's very hard to give stock. Now it's not easy to give an, give an animal away as a carbon, etc. So Bershom made it much easier. He said like this. One for you, two for you. Three, four, five, six, seven for you. Eight, nine for you. One for me. Again, one for you, two for you. Right? So the person walks away feeling, you know, I got nine for me, you know. So it's, it's much easier to give the tenth one away. 
then the Manu Bishrof, and the Laser tells her done his homework. He says, that you own this in this factory and it's worth this and this. You own this in this property, it's worth this and this and this. You own this in this property, so it's worth every single thing the person has. So this is for you, and this is for you, and this is for you, this is for me. That's how he did it. That's a very good marketing strategy. That was, that was his presentation. So he says, so Republic Shirov said to Rebelli Mayor in Rebotel, says, you have a blazer tells her in your genes. How could you, how could you need me to help you out how to do this? So that was the, that was the board. So that being said, I said, we'll talk about, maybe go through some points about my, because of my Sirksofim. The Sirksofim is not in this Parsha. My Sirksofim is not in any Parsha. My Sirksofim is not mentioned in the Torah. We have Maeser of Bahamian, which is mentioned in the sixth parsha. Maeser of Tavua, which is mentioned in Sefer Devarim. The Torah is not talking about taking a Maeser out of your money. There is a Tesis which quotes a um, uh, Sifri, which makes a Jerusha that it says Aser to Aser to Timar, but not only for the Tavua, Parshas Re, but even for the money as well. Tesis understands that. That's a dinda rice, to take off my sirksofim. Most do not understand the, the, to be the mean that refer to that. It's either that's a, a, a smach de ba'alma, or an actual, the, the majority opinion in Allah that it's not even a, a drabonan, it's a minig. It's a minig Yisrael, which has been established, and a person should do it, but it's not a chiv de rice or a chiv de rabbonan even. But it's a minig Yisrael, a person should do that. That being said, so the, the, uh, the I'm sorry for points out that the person should give uh, when, he give, start, when he starts the process of giving Meiser, he should do it, and he should speak out explicitly that he's doing a plenator. The reason for that is because there are some arguments in Allah of what, is that what you're allowed to do with Meiser, etc. So if you're doing it with a full net minig, you're, the minig is based on the way the standard way is presented in Shachanor. And you'd have to be on the, on the but if it can't, once you say plenator, so you can be making on those arguments. For example, the Ramah says that Meiser Meiser has to be designated to be used specifically or for the support of Torah or for people which are impoverished, for Aniyim. A person can't use it to buy for mitzvah purposes. I can't buy swarm and donate it to a yeshiva with Meiser money. I can't, uh, a person has, would like to beautify uh, his mitzvah. He wants to do it, but he can't do that with Meiser money. The, the shock disagrees. Some sort of says you'd have to be machmer, but if you're doing the minig of giving Meiser Ksafim, Bolinator, you'd want to be makel. That's that's what he points out. He says, let's say you have not did not speak out bolinator when you started. Once you started, it's ready. The law is by a netter of a person started to do something with intent to continue it, even though he never said he's never made a netter, or he did it three times without saying bolinator. It, it becomes halakhically a netter. So he's already bound by it. So that's what we do at Tarsadorim. You can say you know, that you're not regretting the, the the actions that you did. You would get three people together. And you would say, "I regret the fact that I did not speak out plenator when I started doing this." And then they would say, "Mutalach, mutalach, mutalach," and therefore it's no longer a netter. And then you can speak. Then you speak out from now on. I'm doing it plenator, and then you have no more problem. So yes, that would be the way to do that. Does the Torah Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is a very let, let's assume that. Um, let's assume that I mean, most persons do not rely on that for any real hat- known uh, netter that you need to make a Torah. It's more in case there's something out there, let's at least make a Torah and remove the Avera. But anything which is known, a person should uh, really address it separately. You can't use Meister for something which you're to do. 
that's a fair issue. Good morning. We're talking about um, other types of meister, but it'll be the same thing we'll be over here as well. So Moshe points out that using meister to cover tuition, day school tuition, would not be permitted because the person has a chiv. You have a chiv. There's truancy laws, and you must send your child to school. The assumption would be that to send them to a school which would not to be act properly is not is something you're mechuyiv alpialocha to try and do that, given given the best opportunity, etc. So that would that's a chiyav to do that. So you can't use my. So let's say for argument there are two schools in the town, both are acceptable halachically, and and one the tuition is let's say you know, fifteen thousand dollars a year, and one the tuition is twenty thousand dollars a year. Theoretically, according to Moshe, you could use an extra five thousand dollars to give them a better ed- education. You could use from Meiser. That th- that being said, you only want to use it for the 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 Torah part, not the sec- secular education part. So you'd have to figure out how much you would, how, how you calculate that, I don't know. Right? How you calculate that, I don't know, but that theoretically would be valid. Remarsha does say that a person would like to take Meiser and use it to support a child or a, a relative in Carlo, 100%. To pay for yeshiva gadol tuition, Remarsha holds up a He says you should not, even though that's true, we do want you to use it for, for a niyim, etc. Therefore, we do not want you to use more than a half of your Meiser for that purpose. Ramosha takes it a step further. He says, if you have Meiser, you can actually put it aside with intent to use it for that support when it, when it comes. You can make an account and put it aside. Um, the, there is a key of, of a Stucca, and Meiser and Stucca somewhat overlap. And they all wrap up in the following way. That the Meiser is something we separate when we use it for Stucca purposes. Maisha does not necessarily relieve me of a key of stalker. Let's say I have an only comes to me and he needs he needs stalker. So I get my mice ready for now. You're not relieved from your key of stalker. That being said, you, you, you have a responsibility to take off mice even though there's only available. You should take the mice off and set it aside for that usage. The mitzvah of stalker would not require you to do that. The mitzvah of mice would require you to do that. Um, the, the preferred, the halacha says there are three levels of giving stalker. The first level of giving tzedakah is the minimal amount, which is a very minimal amount. A person must give every year. The second level, the Shukhanur says it's proper to, is, is, is to give one-tenth of your income. And the, the upper level, which the Shukhanur says is preferred, is Kairish. So let's say that scenario which we gave, where you already gave your mice and it only comes to you, you supplement it to give him something, but not beyond a fifth. That the Chacham made a Takana not to get more than a fifth because we're afraid a person gets more than a fifth of his property. He himself eventually might be, you know, that's that's ready at a large chunk. Now, that, that being said, that's the reason. It says by an Usher Muflik, a person has, has has extraordinary wealth, doesn't have a limitation of a fifth. Um, Shulchan Archarav also says that at the time at the time a person's designated for his will, time right before he dies, there's no limitation. The whole reason is because well, he might eventually need to stalk himself. Well, he's going somewhere else. So he's not going to need that. And the third thing he says that the Chavetz Chaim brings, which is actually, it's actually a sheet of a kubetis, uh, I think it's in Pomencia, that, um, that if a person is giving stalker as a kapora for his averis, there's no limit. The same way, let's say a person says, I need a surgery. And the cost of the surgery is more than a fifth of my, my income. So I'm sorry, limit of a fifth, I'll die instead. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't say that. You say, I'll pay for the surgery. So if that's true for your physical needs, if, you, if a person feels he needs to first compare his he feels he has affairs which need to be dealt with, so 100%, he, he should do it for that as well. So that, 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 that's, 
where you don't have a limit of a fifth. But when we're talking about taxable income, is that income before taxes, after taxes? Like how okay, so that's a fair question. So with defined income, um, Halacha says that anything which there is a, a there is a sheet that would suggest the following: if, if our paradigm for miser is miser is uh, miser is miser right? So I take I plant a field. What I plant I plant it with, with grain, right? So I, t- I take 10 bushels and I plant in the field and I produce 100 bushels. How much mice does it take off? First you take the tumor and then you take... The mice is from 100. Right. I don't first subtract the fact that I laid out 10 bushels to get the 100. There's no such, no such thing. You take mice from everything, which is the total amount which has which been produced. The, the, the cost is irrelevant. So there's somebody who suggests, we should say the same thing about mice often. We don't say that. We, we pass on that that's not true. The mamashik sovim, anything which any cost that you have to produce your, this the money is subtracted and deducted from the income before you calculate it. So Rosh says, therefore, that since in this country to be able to work and make money, you must pay certain taxes, etc. That's considered a valid cost. You would, you would subtract that from your income before you calculate mice. So income, the, the social security tax, income tax, etc., would be subtracted. Um, person is doing business and there's travel costs, you know, so whatever the, let's say the basic travel costs would be not, not necessarily how you do it on your 1040, but, but, you know, not what the government says, you can get 57.5 cents per, you know, per mile, you know, but what would the cost that you would subtract that from your income before you would calculate your miser? Household expenses, the vast majority of places can hold, you cannot subtract household expenses. That this is your, this is the income you got. And Chobetz Chaim's language is, the Kodesh Baruch is a Shutvis. It's not a 50-50 Shutvis. It's a 90-10 Shutvis, but it's a Shutvis. So, you know, I, I go to my Shutvis, and listen, I have a lot of costs at home. I said, that's wonderful, but we're Shutvin. You know, this is, so whatever it costs us to make, the, who wants to make the money, I just said, we subtract that. Right? Our partner, the, the, the business makes a million dollars, but there is cost, there's the $300,000, so our, the two of us share the 700000 but we share it. Well, but I have a household. Oh, that's wonderful, you know. So, so you don't you don't subtract the household expenses. The Chavetz Chaim says because that's how you're supposed to perceive it. He says it really it is proper to do actually a tenth. In other words, it shouldn't be more than a tenth; it should be less than a tenth. So, if you want to get more, that's your business. But when you calculate, when you you should actually calculate how much is actually a tenth. You should actually separate it out if possible and put it separately because it belongs to your shutdown. It's not yours. You're now the gabai on that money to give it out to whoever needs it. That's how you're supposed to look at it. That's what the Chavetz Chaim suggests. This is the correct way to to perceive it. And this is in, in, in the Sefer Avos Chesed. He has a few programs. He goes to the halachas of, of, of mice, and that's how he presents it over there. He suggests a person should calculate it once or twice a year. I think the, the, the modern day price scheme, you know, he didn't live in the world of income tax. You know, suggests when your person is doing this, you're, you're, you're preparing your return, you're itemizing your, your deductions and you have all your list of all your charities anyway you, you can sit there at that point in time and figure it out very easily what was your income what, what, what you gave and that point in time if you realize that you have not given enough you should separate it out and give it if you really have given more so or Hashem um, I want to point out the following and I, I had the following just to put a personal uh, experience so you know people come to the door people ask and then you get let me etc and it hit me one point in time that I'm not sending the money exactly the way I would like it to go. You know, I have plans, but you know, once you start responding, etc. I said, you know, I've, I, I've been uh, doing my returns X amount of years. I know what I'm around, what I'm giving. Let's see what I'm giving. Let's see where it's going to. 
and I wasn't very happy with, with, with the results. You know, I would like I would like to send my money to more, more other you know, places more. They said, you know, let's do it differently. Let's work out. I would like of the money that I'm spending. I would like X amount to go to this this place, etc., whatever it is. And how much will I leave myself discretionary money to use per month? And that's basically what I did. And I have so now it's you know at that point in time when I, when I, I did it. So I contacted all of these organizations. I said, like, please send me 12 envelopes. And I'll send them in a check every month. And they were all very happy to send me uh, 12 envelopes, with, expecting a check every month. It wasn't phenomenal amounts of money, but it was very, you know. But now it's all, of course, I do it all on credit cards. It's different, you know, it's, it's, you don't seem to realize you're doing it to some extent. Um, but I felt much in much more control that the money, where, I want, where it's going. The Aguda um, in Baltimore put out stuck a guidelines for my Heinemann. 30 years ago? Sounds familiar? Yeah? So, um, and when he spoke about the idea that the person should, you know, there is a concept that we, we in precedence in, in, in stock, we should we want to give, it, give local. So besides, there's also moral obligations to your person benefited from an organization, especially a school, whatever it is, especially if they had some reduction in their tuition, etc. They should, you know, we, we have, feel a, of course, a time to give back. So try to balance, he said, that the person should be giving um, at least fifty-one percent of the stock to, to local organizations or to anem, etc. And then, then he got involved in how much he should be giving based on the moral obligations, etc., etc. So there is such a thing. I don't know whether it's available online anywhere. Right. Um, I have a copy of it. If somebody wants, I can make a copy and, and, and give it up. Okay. Just so I, for those of you who missed the board at the beginning, I, I want to repeat, just repeat the board again. Without the whole story, Rebbeiser tells her, uh, Rebbeiser Gordon was, was said the following thought by Meister Behemoth when it's given. It's given that suppose it's, it's, it's taking the total amount, calculating one tenth, and giving it. You have to count them one by one. Why is that? He says because this is the best way to realize how much you do have and make it that much easier to give away. One for me, two for me, three for me. One for Hashem. One for me, two for me, three for me. One for Hashem. It makes it that much easier to give it away. Um, in the Chabad Chaim's language, you know, is the, the goal over here is to recognize the Kodesh Baruch really is a shutif. It's not your money. And then you are you are you are given responsibility. Rehearse, fascinating. Rehearsal last week's parsha, Parshas Bahar, points out you have the you have the pasuk of v'chayechichimach and v'chayechichimach. Both are mentioned in the parsha. So what's, what does v'chayechichimach mean? Your, your brother should live with you. What does v'chayechichimach mean? So v'chayechichimach means your brother's life is with you. What does that mean? V'chayechichimach is, is would, would be a full sentence of that would be v'chayim shalachicha imach. Your brother's life is with you. So her says, what does that mean? It says, you have to understand, when you go to work, you're going to work, not just for yourself. You're going to work. He's with you when you go to work. When you're making that money, the purpose of making that money is to have money for him. That's when you're going to work to, to take care of your chayim. You're going to work, by definition, to take care of him as well. That's why it's hard to use the law. Not He's with you as you go. Okay.